Fika with Anika. The word fika is used as both a noun and a verb and is derived from the Swedish word for coffee. The Swedish coffee break is a moment to literally leave work behind. Taken at three in the afternoon, it's not a strategy for multitasking or for fitting in another mini-meeting. It's a chance to relax in the company of colleagues or friends. The key is to pause your day. So, brew up some coffee, grab a seat, and embrace Fika. Welcome back to another episode of Fika with Anika. I'm sitting here with longtime resident uh, Kelly Pitchell from Awanga. Uh, Kelly is known for his uh, dog training skills, and he has a, a background in uh, uh, precision plating, which uh, I'm going to try and, and get some more information on from Kelly. So, Kelly, thank you for coming in here. Really Hello. appreciate it. And um, tell you, tell us uh, about yourself. Well, you know, I don't know many people who have lived all their life in in Awanga, so you're kind of uh, you're special. Yeah, my parents moved me out here in 1974. I was four years old. Um, my father, Marlo Pitchell, had a plating. He worked for um, electrical optical systems. He worked for um, jet propulsion laboratories just as a mechanic. Didn't have a, a college degree, but he was very smart. Um, ended up buying the equipment from electrical optical systems back in the 60s and moved out here in 74 and started a business making reflectors which turned into a business uh, called Sky Tracker of America which we made the four-headed searchlights that you'd see up at uh, car dealerships, grand openings, four beams um, Saboba Casino still has them out there. You'll see them up in the air when you look over the hill from I our wondered. house. Yes, I wonder. You ever wondered. see that? That's my dad's light. Wow. He passed away in 2010, and I swear that is him when I drive home. He's saying hello to you. How yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So his skill was then in the highly polished uh, reflector. Yeah, it was a nickel plating process. We made um, reflectors for all. We, we've sent reflectors up to the space station, uh, solar, solar simulators we've made so you can um, so they can use it in NASA to see how hot the sun will get on, on equipment. We've, we've burned holes in the roofs in our building in Temecula with these lights because they were so strong. Um, so he was making the basic reflector to shine the light and then he got into making the whole uh, lighting systems. So we've done stuff for Hughes, uh, Hughes Aircraft and all kinds of things over the years. And this was all done uh, on the property in Awanda? It was in Temecula, oh, right in Temecula. off of, uh, across from the first McDonald's. Um, okay. Right there, uh, yeah, on Jefferson Avenue. That's where he moved out to. It was there till 98. My mom got, my mom ended up with liver failure from um, a disease called hemochromatosis where your body um, stores live or stores iron and it either stores iron in your bones and you get bone disease and your and your bones break real easily or it goes in your liver and you get liver disease or it goes in your heart and you have a heart attack it's a it's an oh, overload of, of iron it was one of the most commonly misdiagnosed diseases in the world 
So yeah, I'm sorry uh, to and, hear that she passed away from that. Well, she didn't. She's still alive. What? My dad passed away. Oh, your dad passed away. She got away. a liver okay. transplant. Oh, fan- in '98. Well, hallelujah! Yeah. Good news. Yeah. So she's still around, but that caused my dad to sell his business, and then I took the plating business out to Reed Valley, down off of Wilson, and had that there till about 2005, and the economy. No, two, well, 2008, and the economy just turned and people weren't wanting they couldn't afford to do business like that in california anymore or in the united states at all so uh just things changed got out of that got into the cannabis business for a little bit that was a joke living out here it's a i just don't want to do that anymore so now i'm dog training i've been doing it for five years with a master trainer named steve welch he's in santa Ana. we do everything from basic obedience to service dogs, protection dogs, blood sugar dogs, um, seizure dogs that can tell a seizure before you're going to have one. Amazing stuff. Oh, wonderful. And it's fun. You piqued my interest just now. My son was just diagnosed with uh, type 1 diabetes. Okay. And so I'll have to mention to him that he could have a dog that was trained to to detect when his blood sugar... And tell him him something's off. All right. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I met you here at the parking lot of my office. Uh, that's how I first got to meet you. And ironically, you and I are actually neighbors yeah. uh-huh. on Reed Valley. But, uh, you know, you know, passing ships in the night, we just ne- never never met up there. But um, I, I've seen your little terrier that uh, he will walk backwards, forwards, and round in circles. And it, it's just so fun watching you. Yeah. Tell me about, about your dog. Okay, Scruffy was a rescue through my boss, Steve Welch. Uh, Steve said, I have pets, but what happens in dog training when you're doing a a service dog or a working dog has to be, they are working, they're not a pet. You can't let them run around. If if they're just out playing and stuff, they're not going to want to work for you because they'd rather be playing. So you have to have some more restrictions on it. So Steve told me... He had three, I was training three puppies at the time. That he, they're Poodle, Lasso, Opso, Terrier, Mutts. And two of them were like golden colored, but one had long legs, one had short legs, and the sister looked like a lab. Didn't even look like oh. they were related. So I was training the dogs, and my boss told me that I need to pick a dog. He's going to... He said, out of these three, you need to take a dog and turn it into a working dog. You have to do everything that's necessary to make a dog listen so you can have something to show off to people. I call him my walking business card. because And he is, because yes. he's just, people just, just stop and, and, and watch you when you're in action. Yep. So he's like two and a half, he's two years old. I've had him since he was about four months old. He can, he's off, he works off leash, he can find marijuana, he can find bed bugs, he can find explosives, he does protection work. Um, uh, no, this is a little 12 pounder? 17 pounds. 17 pound dog, and yeah. he's doing protection work. He does protection work, because he's worth a lot of money now. I, I, I want him to pre- protect himself from someone stealing him out of my window. Oh, my car. I understand. No, he's not real proficient at it yet because he's a big lover. So it's hard to get 
certain people he'll fire up on my boss knows how to get him to bite him every time um, but it, it's a work in progress and the way we do this is not making him vicious um, the way we train any dog to do protection is it's on command it's not um, they're not vicious gonna bite anybody they want to see after we get done after any dog we train to do protection work after I get done getting bit by the dog, I have to, the, the handler tells him off, be nice, and then I go do basic obedience with that same dog and love him up, and there's no hard feelings. It's not that the dog doesn't like you. It's that he has a task to perform. And don't most dogs like to work? They, they love rather... to work, yeah. yeah. And they're all, dogs are just like people. They have different personalities. Some are lazy, some are energetic, some are... <laughs> Some are cocky, some are funny, some are boring. They're all different. Um, different breeds have different, different personalities, but when it comes down to it, it's just like people. There's people you want to hang out with, people you don't, people that are fun, people that are boring. It's all the same thing. So Scruffy is a, a mutt. He's a mutt. And obviously he's your favorite right now, but what yeah. is your favorite breed to work with? Um... I like border collies. I like the smart dogs, but a, a dog that's so sad living out here is the pit bull. The pit bull mix has such a bad connotation out here because of what has happened. Um, it's not the dog. It's the fact that these people aren't training their dogs and these, these growers are leaving. They're, they're bringing dogs out and not training them, and then they're dumping them when they leave and change jobs, and uh, we end up with a big mess. And pit bulls are really well-behaved, easily trained dogs. They just, um, they have a bad reputation. Well, but deservedly so. Yeah, you know, and it's good animal control is out here picking up the strays, and hopefully people are going to get in trouble for doing what they're doing, dumping dogs, because it's no fun. I have them around our place, too. I've had two... Pit bull, there's a pit bull mix and a husky that is going around my property right now a little bit. And they seem friendly, but they won't come to me. I can't do anything to catch them. Right. That's even as a dog trainer. I don't, there's... Would you even want to try to catch them? To get them off my, I, I don't... Oh, to catch them to call the animal control. Yeah, or do something okay. or yeah. see if they have a collar or um, try to find their owners. Right. Um, that's, that's the biggest thing. Well, I know animal control, um, my neighbor had called about my dogs that uh, like to wander a little bit, and, and uh, fortunately I didn't get any uh, violations, but I did have to get them licensed. Right. But I did have, they were spayed and, and up to date on their shots, so it was an easy process. Right. I've heard some people uh, complain where they're saying it's like hundreds of dollars for not uh, having this done before. Right. Um, and it, it's based on the fact that there are so many stray dogs right. that are getting lost or or they're dumped. Yeah. Or, um... I go to, I take the dogs to the sand, um, down in San Jacinto, the Riverside County Animal Care Clinic in San Jacinto. They do, it's relatively cheap to get your dog neutered or spayed. They do the chip and the shots and the rabies and all that. Um... It's cheaper than going to a normal vet or, you know, places like that. Absolutely. And it's important to do. We don't, we reckon, we, 
we demand if I'm going to do dog training where the dogs come to my property, I have to have all the shot records and know that the dog doesn't have any diseases because it can get all my other dogs sick. Right. It's not fair. Okay. So, question here. So, what's in terms of treats? Do you reward them with the treat like every time they do something well or just at the end of the session? Or how does the, the, the treats work? Because, uh, <clears throat> you know, dogs obviously they work for food. Yeah. yeah, or they work for affection. They work or... for love. We we use treats, but we are not treat trainers. We use treats for special activities. When you're teaching a dog to do tricks, or if a dog's just having an issue doing a doing a down, you start off with treats. We prefer they work for affection. You have to even if you're in a bad mood and you're working your dog, you have to fake it and act like an actor. Oh, good boy, good boy, I'm in such a good mood. Let's go have fun. Mm-hmm. has to be a reward. If you're feeding it, if you're giving your dog a treat every time it does something right, what are you gonna, what's the dog going to do when you don't have a treat? It needs to do it because it wants to do it, not because you're feeding it. So we only do treats for special activities and, and really stubborn dogs, but it's only you start out giving them a treat and then you work off the treat and you turn it into affection. Give it a hug, give it a good boy, give it a pat on the back, that kind of thing. You're listening to K-O-Y-T-L-P. 97.1 Anza. Trails rejuvenate mind, body, and soul. Have you ever had one of those days, can't relax, can't focus, and just keep ruminating about all the things you feel are wrong with the world? Well, that's where trails can be a lifesaver. Getting out on a rural trail is a great way to reduce stress. Whether by walking, mountain biking, or horseback riding, being out on a trail can help you focus on the present and the positive. Research studies suggest that there is a correlation between hiking in a rural, natural environment and a sense of well-being. Getting out on trails is a way for individuals to disconnect and focus on the now. Once on a trail, you begin to engage with nature. You start to use your senses of hearing, smell, and sight. This opens your mind to a more relaxed state in which you can look at things from a different perspective. When on a trail with friends or family, you are given the opportunity to engage in real-time encounters, building sustained, meaningful relationships. Trails give people the opportunity to become healthier or test their resilience and build the confidence to go further distances. Trails rejuvenate. Anza Area Trail Town, AATT, is promoting trails with its second National Trails Day celebration on June 1st at the Anza Lions Miners Horse Arena on Kirby Road. This year's event, Trails Rejuvenate Mind, Body, and Soul, will feature a hike, mountain bike ride, and horseback ride on a portion of the Juan Batista de Anza National Historic Trail. Registration begins at 7.30 a.m. with participants beginning the approximately 4K hike at 8.45 a.m. AATT will be fundraising by selling commemorative t-shirts, 
a membership drive, as well as volunteers and donations to continue the work to purchase easements and build trails in the local communities of Anza, Awanga, Tewilliger, and others. The event will also include raffle prizes and information booths on trails. The Anza Lions Club will have breakfast available. Proceeds from the breakfast will benefit the Anza Lions Club. To register for the event, you can go to www.anzaareatrailtown.com forward slash events. To request booth space, become a sponsor, or to donate, contact the email address info at anzaareatrailtown.org or Allison Rank can be reached by phone at 951 663 5452. Happy trails! With all the rain our local area has had lately, please be aware that there will be a lot of insects out this year. One insect that is already out is the tick. Ticks are blood-eating parasites that live and feed on mammals, birds, and reptiles. When out working or hiking in brush areas, please be aware of ways to keep ticks off yourself. Stay on designated pathways and wide trails. Use insect repellent. Wear light-colored clothing with long sleeves. Avoid grassy and brushy areas. Frequently check your clothing for ticks. When you come back indoors, check your clothes for ticks. If you find a tick on yourself, the National Center for Disease Control and Prevention recommends removing ticks by grabbing them with tweezers as close as possible to the tick's head and pulling out steadily and firmly. For more information, go to www.sandiegocounty.gov. Coyote Radio! Welcome back to Fika with Anika. You have to be energetic when you're training your dog. You can't, if it's boring, it's going to be like, oh, I hate that. I'm going to English class. That teacher's so boring, I'm going to fall asleep. Well, half the time, sometimes we see the dog wanting to fall asleep. Because when the when we first start lessons, the owner is usually so overwhelmed with everything we're telling them that they forget to tell their dog, good boy. <laughs> oh. That's all they need is a good pet under the chin and a good boy because they want to please you. But can't it be also that you end up rewarding them when they're doing uh, in, in excess, that you're, I guess, rewarding them at the wrong time? Yes, that's what a lot of people do, especially with, a dog that's shaking and is like acting scared and the owner goes and good boy it's okay and they're petting it when it's doing that really what you're telling your dog is it's okay to feel like this what you need is to get them out of that state of mind by working them or doing whatever and when they stop doing that that's when you tell them good boy um, if a dog's acting scared and it's nipping at somebody you don't say, oh, stop it, it's okay, and pet it, because now you're telling the dog it's okay to nip at people. 
So it's a it's right. a whole psychological. You have to figure out how the dog's thinking and and well, once you once you dog, think about it, it's common sense. A lot of it's common sense. It's good boy, good boy. And when it messes up, no. But when they do good, good boy, and you get a little, you change your tone of voice, and it's good boy, and they're doing good, and then they do something that you don't want them to, no. You you change, you go, you get more stern when you're telling them the the negative. But that's still positive reinforcement. You're trying to teach them what's right and wrong. And it doesn't take very long once, if, as long as you're consistent. Consistency is the biggest part about dog training. So, right. So it sounds like it's training the owner more so than training the dog. Yes, that's 100% correct. <laughs> Dogs are easy. The owners are really difficult. Oh, okay. And the young... The, but little kids seem to be, we'll have, we had a family and they had three kids between probably nine and 12. And uh, they took on, the, the, the parents were just struggling and all stiff and just messing up and not talking to the dogs. And the kids just watched the, the parents for a little bit. And then we gave the dogs to the kids. We were doing obstacle cars and we were showing them how the, the little girls hadn't done work the obstacle course yet but they were watching us so we got done with the obstacle course and we went in and we had some other dogs to work so we gave them to the little girls just to do basic obedience didn't think that they were going to go to the obstacle course but we go out there and these little girls we just stood in the back and watched they were they acted like they were already dog trainers they were listening to everything we were doing they had these little 10 pound Maltese jumping four foot high jumps because they were just mimicking what we were doing and they got these dogs that have never done it before jumping the stuff and my <laughs> boss and I just stood back and were giggling watching these little girls work these dogs. Their parents could have never done it because no. the parents were second guessing themselves and had pre you know, prejudgment of what they should be doing, and the, the little kids don't have that. No, and they were just having fun. Yeah, with their having pet. fun. How wonderful! And you can give a, you can have a ten pound dog with a kid like that, or you can have a seventy five pound dog with a kid like that, and the dog will still listen to them. You've been here since you were four years old. Yeah. So how was it growing up here and going to school in in a small town school? It was. Different. I, you mean, went I don't know if it was different because I didn't have any choice. I went to Cottonwood till fifth grade. My parents owned a business in Temecula. They wanted me to have a well-rounded education. They had money to take. I could have gone to Linfield or whatever, but they wanted to get me well-rounded. And um, So I went to Cottonwood till fifth grade. I still hang out with some of my Cottonwood friends. Um, then I went to Temecula Middle School, Temecula High School, worked in my parents' business in Temecula, and uh, it was it was good. I, I was into motocross. My, uh, I, my dentist, I, Bob Beck was my dentist, his son Brian Beck. We went to school together a couple years younger than me, but he brought me a dirt bike magazine one time, and it showed amateur racing with these kids racing in the hills. So we talked our parents into letting us start racing dirt bikes, and um, that's my favorite sport to this day. I still ride dirt bikes. Okay. Growing up out here, we did a lot of victimless crimes. We snuck in. I've jet skied Vail Lake 
midnights. Uh, we'd go in on a full moon night and jet ski. We'd go out there at nine in the morning, nine at night till two in the morning with the radio cranking with glow sticks on our backs, jet ski in the lakes. And we were trespassing. But what no do you harm. do? We grew up out in the country. We'd pick up trash. We were never hurting anything. So we ride all the trails. We know, you know, that's just how it is growing up out here. You right. got to keep yourself entertained. Exactly. But don't hurt other people while you're doing it. So uh, you only uh, did your motorbike then on the trails. Did you have a hike or, or yeah, we'd horseback hike and do, ride? Yeah, I didn't yeah. like horses. Okay. I got over that. My parents had horses. Oh. Actually, my parents' old stables are my kennels now. So I turned the horse stables into kennels. Repurposed. Yeah. Horses have, I don't need another brain telling me what they're not going to do. My, my dirt bike is me. Unless my throttle sticks, I'm, I'm in charge. I didn't like, I got thrown by somebody else's horse when I was 10 years old, and that's the last time I rode a horse. I got a dirt bike after that. I understand. So we're surrounded by a lot of conservation land up the upper Reed Valley. And um, uh, the Camp X closed yeah, uh, about sad. 10 years ago when I moved up here. So the opportunities to, to ride your your bike is, yeah. you know, pretty limited. Do you take advantage of the Cahuilla? Uh, yeah, I love the Cahuilla track. Okay. And my neighbor, Gary LaPlante, runs the Moto Ventures across from the Cahuilla track. When we learned, it was like, come on, you will, you can do it. I did it. Did right? you break any bones? Oh, yeah. All oh, goodness. Okay. Yeah, Make broken neck, cry. broken collarbone, broken leg, broken wrists, kinds of stuff. But I'll still go do it. I love it. Yeah, I, I hear you. As far as the conservation, um, can't talk too much about that, but it hasn't hindered my hasn't met, hindered my mileage. I can ride out here at all. Oh, good. Um, Glad to hear that. Yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Camp X um, property was sold. Back in December. That's what I heard. Yeah, I don't know what the what the plans are, but hopefully they they might be doing something, yeah. some recreational things for us. I doubt we it. We could use it. I think it's probably going to be greenhouses, oh, no. like everything else. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was but hoping. Point X I was, was wonderful. I was very excited about it. They didn't have it. They had their issues, but when it was open, it was a pretty cool thing for you know for kids. Kids like to do that kind of stuff. And it was a great place to do it. Right. We had issues with the neighbors. There was all kinds of stuff. I was on, I was backing them, and we got, I had backlash over that back in the day, but um, it was a great idea. It was neat stuff. And I've always been into that kind of thing. I like to see something for the kids to do out here. Absolutely. It's very limited. Right. And it was bringing money out here. It's hard to grow up out, out here, here unless you have something that you're into like that. That's right. That's right. So uh, it sounds like you primarily were, were in Awanga and Temecula. Did you ever hang out in Anza? Or, or yeah, I got, yeah, it's, it's all basically the same. It is all the same. See, I moved here 10 years ago, so I, I'm a newbie, so I'm still trying to get my, right. my orientation here. So, like, what, you know, what do the people do then and now and, and so on? And, yeah, this is what's funny about living out here. There's neighbors and there's people that live next to you, and they're two different things. A neighbor that's someone that's fun and you can you'll share stuff, and and they can be. I consider you're my neighbor. You're half mile away. 
I consider you a neighbor. We never really hung out, but it's not like the city. Your neighbor's 10 feet over a wall from you. The guy next to him isn't your neighbor. But out here, we're neighbors. Or my other saying is if you have a jerk neighbor or the person that lives next to you, it doesn't matter if there's 10 feet between your house or a quarter mile. The guy is still going to give you a hard time. So that, that's kind of my joke. Is it, is it a neighbor or just a person that lives next to you? We all look out for each other in our valley. When things happen, um, I live on one side, you guys live on the other, and everybody looks, and if there's suspicious vehicles coming up, we get phone calls and back and forth, and I saw someone dumping stuff over by your property, or I saw someone up there that looked funny. Do you know who it is? Just letting you know. That's nice. It, it People that live in the is. city don't do that. They live next to each other, and they don't even ever talk, and it's... Right. Well, it's that's weird. why I moved from Los Angeles to live in Owanga yeah. because I really enjoy that. Just like when that fires happened this last year, look how this everybody came together and helping each other out. And you could call anybody, and you have an issue with a generator, and they'd come over and fix it for free. I mean, right. that doesn't happen everywhere. Exactly. I know. I had a, a neighbor who called me up and asked if I needed a shower, and I said sure. So I went over. Yeah. And had a shower and. It, a fun afternoon with someone that I really didn't know before, yeah. but got to know now better. You do. I, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. No, it's all really fantastic. I really like living in Owanga and Anza and the things that are going yeah, on I here. Yeah, I consider it the same. All right. Well, Kelly, this has been a really fascinating thirty minutes with you. Um, uh, if uh, anyone in the audience has any questions for Kelly. Uh, he can be reached on his uh, through uh, Messenger on Facebook. What is your Facebook page? It's KP's Canine College. Okay. And you also have an Instagram yeah, page? Yeah, Instagram is kpitchell under slash dog trainer. Okay. And my phone number is 951-515-0443. Thank you. If you didn't catch uh, that contact information, you can send an email to programming at koyt971.org and put in the subject line, question for Kelly, and your answer will be uh, answered at the next time when I interview Kelly, because I hope you're coming back. Yeah, I'll come back. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this week's Cup of Fika with Anika. Tune in Wednesdays at 3 p.m. and a replay on Sundays at 1 p.m. If you have any questions or comments for me or my guests, please send an email to programming at koyt971.org and put Fika in the subject line. Enjoy the rest of your day.